Hello, and welcome to the Big Leads Best of Seven podcast. I am Liam McEwen here with you today with Kyle Coster. We are here, as we do every week, to pick our seven favorite NFL bets against the spread for now we, we're in week 13. Unfortunately, me and Kyle have fallen below 500 for the first time in a couple of weeks here in terms of our overall record when we had a six and nine record last week in week 12, which was nice, but not nice enough. We're looking forward to week 13, though. We feel really good about the slate here. Got some good numbers for you guys. And uh, I think we're we're going to it's going to be a bounce back week. What do you think, Kyle? You know, we've been saying that for about a month now, and I'm starting to worry that maybe uh, we're never going to see the other side of this skid. But hope does spring eternal. Like you said, we're two games under 500. Plenty of football left. There are so many teams that have a chance to make a run late in the actual NFL. We also have an opportunity to close the season strong. I'd like to get to 10 games over 500. It starts right now, and it starts with our number seven pick, which is the Falcons getting 10 points against the Buccaneers. Look, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. We cannot talk enough about a 44-year-old who has a realistic shot at winning the MVP at an offense that week to week finds a new way to destroy defenses at Leonard Fournette, who is arguably the most important piece of that puzzle, enjoying a renaissance in his career. It really is going to be amazing when we look back at Brady's ability to inject new life in veteran skill position players Much like the NBA had the super team in the dynasties, it's almost like Brady has hand-selected some guys to come with him, get the job done. If it results in multiple Super Bowls, I think it'll be one of the better on-field GM jobs we've ever seen. So that's all about Tampa Bay. You might think that I'm going to take them, but I am absolutely not because 10 points at home for a Falcons team that has looked reasonably competent on balance all year long, we keep waiting for them to fall off and go completely in the ditch. It hasn't happened at this point. I really believe that the back door is going to remain open for the entirety of this one. And I trust Matt Ryan to get a cosmetic touchdown that doesn't really matter, that leads to an unsuccessful onside kick. You watch these games week in and week out, and it seems like so often there's a late score with like 14 seconds left, then an onside kick that's not close. I'm going to start playing that number when it is as high as it is for a home team like the Falcons, who last time I checked are technically still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Technically they are, yes. I would agree with your overall assessment with the exception of I think that the Falcons might recover that onside kick because it was only a couple years ago that Young Hoku recovered, what was it, two, three onside kicks on Thanksgiving. But uh, I digress. You know, your point about betting on Matt Ryan to score a meaningless touchdown is always a good bet. If the Falcons have a healthy Cordero Patterson and a healthy Kyle Pitts, which they should going into this Sunday's game, then they can put up some points. I don't, you know, they're not, we're not telling you to take money line here, but the Buccaneers do not have a very good defense. Their defense wasn't that good last year until the playoffs hit. 
This year they have to deal with injuries on top of it all. The Falcons are going to run the ball maybe five times all game and just kept, keep throwing it. I like the 10-point cover. What's at number six? At number six, we have one that should be easy, but I'm here to reinforce how easy it is. It's the Rams favored by 13 over the Jaguars. I'm picking this one because I think there's going to be a lot of people tempted to take the Jaguars to cover because the Rams have looked bad the last three weeks, and they have absolutely looked bad. Matthew Stafford is apparently dealing with an entire body's worth of injuries. I don't think there's anything that isn't hurt at this point based on the report we got ahead of his Sunday game against Green Bay last week. But these are still the Jaguars. The Jaguars did beat the Bills a month ago, and they have shown to be as bad of a team as we expected, if not worse, in the uh, weeks since. And the biggest thing here is that Los Angeles knows that this is their last softball game before they have a pretty tough closing schedule here. I don't think this team is going to be messing around. And if you want easy money, I mean, I think the Rams are going to be winning by three touchdowns by halftime at minimum. This one isn't even going to be close. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about my boy Matt Stafford as someone who watched him play with broken ribs, broken hands, broken everything for so many years. I know what it looks like when he's just not right. And that kind of seems where he is right now. I was listening to a pretty in-depth breakdown by Trent Dilfer who talked about his concern when the Rams brought over Stafford was that they're going to change their offensive identity and not do a lot of run action because Stafford loves to sling the ball around the yard in a way that Jared Goff doesn't. And I really think that's kind of what has happened in recent weeks. I think Sean McVay should go back to basics, go back to what brought him to the point where he was seen as the best coach in all of football. And basically that was scheme. That wasn't players. That was scheme. It was with interchangeable pieces and interchangeable parts. I think that there's going to be a lot of self-reflection going on around that building. They had a bye week They weren't able to respond up in green Bay. This is kind of like the last stand. If they're harboring any hope to get that number one seed in the NFC. I really like the Rams to start looking like a team that, has a viable chance to win big games come January and potentially February. At number five, I am going to zig when I've been zagging all year. I am finally off the Justin Herbert train. I am taking the Bengals at 2.5 point favorites over the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm done. I'm done with Herbert. I keep picking him. I keep saying he's got what it takes. He's going to do it this year. He's a set. He is ahead of schedule. Well, he is not. And I have seen the handwriting on the wall on the other side, Joe Burrow. Remember this guy was taken number one overall and basically escaped all type of coverage. Well, he looks like a quarterback that was taken number one overall and an offense that is explosive. If you look at their body of work to this year, if this were like the college football playoff, they have some really, really good wins. They're winning in division. They're beating other potential playoff teams. They are hot right now. They are doing it running the ball. They are doing it throwing the ball. I love the vibe of this Bengals team. The line is so small too that I'm going to go ahead and continue to root for them to stay hot and to be a surprise team down the stretch Maybe it's the wrong side. I just refuse out of principle to take the Chargers again. I, I've been hurt too many times. Fool me three times. Shame on you. Fool me four times. Shame on me. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the Bengals are riding high. It's impossible for them not to be feeling good after they beat the absolute tar out of the Steelers, even if it was in Cincinnati. It's only like the fourth time the Bengals have beat the Steelers in the regular season in the last 10 years. You got to feel good about that. I really like this offense a lot. The defense waffles from week to week, but you know who else waffles from week to week is Justin Herbert. I was saying to our coworker, Ryan Phillips, our uh, resident Chargers hater, that this team is very confusing because some days they look like they can hang with anybody. And then other days, other days, they look like they barely know how to play football. I don't know what's going on here. All I can do is trust what's in front of me. And what's in front of me is a Bengals two and a half point cover with some room to spare. At number four. (laughs) At number four, we have the Washington football team, they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Raiders in Las Vegas. That line may change after last night's crucial clutch win by the football team here. I like them to cover because I don't think the Raiders are that good. I think the Raiders had a good showing on Thanksgiving, but they've been really, really inconsistent this year, which, you know, hard to blame them. But week in, week out, this isn't necessarily a good football team. I'm starting to believe that about Washington. I don't know if they're truly a good football team yet, but Taylor Heineke's making it work. The defense is making it work. Ron Rivera is making it work. There's even with Russell Wilson playing as he is, there are very few teams in the NFL who go in and squeak out a two point win over the Seahawks. I really like uh, Washington as underdogs here. I think it's a good bet. At number three, here's a weird one. Now we do these picks early. Okay. So We have the ability to take the Saints getting six points over a Cowboys team that is ravaged by COVID on a short week. Um, Okay, that seems really obvious. Mike McCarthy is out. Now, maybe that actually helps the Cowboys in terms of winning. But I think that the Saints are coming off uh, Thanksgiving evening performance in which they were embarrassed on national television. They get an opportunity to answer for those crimes I think that they do. I'm still waiting to see this master plan that apparently Sean Payton has that everybody else thinks that he's operating under. I don't understand how building the entire plane out of Taysom Hill is supposed to get us where we want to go, but I digress. I think that the thing about the saints is yes, they can have a stinker week to week, but the defense has the capacity to play really well. And when you have a defense that can play really well on any given day that certainly keeps you in games that opens the door for defensive touchdowns. I can't imagine the Cowboys are going to have very cohesive practices this week, considering their health. You consider all that. I think that the saints are a tremendous pick plus six, certainly a big number probably can't get it anymore, but if it's close to a money line, I think you just consider taking the money line at this point. I would say buyer beware as you shop around for a price on this game because it's liable to swing wildly in any type of direction. Yeah, I still agree with you, though. If the Saints are dogs in any uh, book you find, you got to take it. I mean, I would probably take it even if it was Trevor Simeon out there, but from all reports so far this week, which is admittedly we're in the early goings here, but Taysom Hill has been taking all the first-team snaps at quarterback. It's the time. It's the time for Peyton to reveal what, you know, what he, why he's been paying this guy. And the Cowboys, as Kyle said, 
dealing with a lot of COVID issues, and they haven't looked like a dominant team in a couple of weeks, certainly not a six-point favorite team. I think the Saints are a little pissed off after they got kicked around by the Bills at home, nonetheless, on Thursday night. I like these odds wherever you can get them. I don't see a universe in which the Saints end up being favored in this game unless Dak Prescott tests positive for COVID. So Saints underdogs, regardless of what the line is, is good money for us. For number two, the number two bet of week 13, the Steelers is, it's risky. I know it's risky, but the Steelers are three and a half point underdogs against the Ravens. And I do not think the Steelers are a good team, but I also do not think that the Steelers are so bad that they should be underdogs at home against Baltimore, who did not exactly look like a world-destroying offense the last time we saw them on Sunday Night Football. These division games are usually rock fights, but Steelers-Ravens is always a rock fight. There are a lot of problems with the Steelers this year. Some are tangible. Some are a little bit more ambiguous. We don't understand them. Maybe Ryan Clark is right. They're more interested in dancing to TikTok than they are to playing football. But this is still a Mike Tomlin-led team. And Mike Tomlin teams get up for the Ravens games. I don't think that – I think, you know, money line-wise, at your own risk, don't take anything away from this in that regard. If you want to make some good money on an underdog bet, I think the Steelers are pretty – far and away your best bet for this week. I think three and a half points at home against the Ravens is, is as good as it's going to get for the, this version of this Pittsburgh team this year. I've been really unimpressed with Lamar Jackson in recent weeks. I know that the team keeps winning, but it's almost like they're winning in spite of him, not because of him Four interceptions against the Browns should have been a loss if it wasn't the dissembled parts of Baker Mayfield out there competing for the Browns. Yeah, I, I agree. This line is crazy to me. Um, you almost have to take it out of principle. Mike Tomlin is one of the top two or three coaches in the NFL, especially from a motivational standpoint. His team was not ready to play last week. I think it's very unlikely his team's unready to play two weeks in a row, especially considering the stakes. I love this line. I say go ahead and put some on the money line. I think it's going to be a really exciting close game down the stretch and you always want to have those three and a half points in hand when it comes to a situation like that number one the number one pick of the week and let me tell you i love this one i might love this pick more than i've loved any pick to this point this year and it's the suddenly red hot miami dolphins three point favorites over the new york football giants now Tua is having a moment. We all agree Tua is having a moment. The sports guy said it. All the, all the other sports guys have said it. They look absolutely on fire. They have destroyed teams over the past few weeks. The Giants have looked very inconsistent. Something is going on with this offense where Miami is getting the ball. They're playing with confidence. Finally, Tua has some time to throw, some time to operate back there. And I think what's becoming really clear is that maybe there was some undervaluing of Tua going on early on. And I think that's because we were never able to see what he could do when he wasn't getting up off the turf after being knocked down, either via a hurry, a sack, a pressure, anything like that. When he has time, 
His footwork is really, really good, and he's pretty smart with the football. When he doesn't have time, that's when he gets in trouble. I'm not expecting the Giants to put out a particularly fearsome and ferocious pass rush out there. And I also don't think they're playing for a lot, whereas the Dolphins, we talk, we keep talking about that in the hunt graphic. The Dolphins, with two more wins, will be at 500. Some winnable games in the AFC coming up where everybody is – kind of vacillating between this team might go to the Super Bowl or this team might go on a skid and miss the postseason entirely. Give me the Dolphins. I love this pick so much. So many units on it. If you're down big, I think this is the absolute play. The fact that it's three and not three and a hook gives you the opportunity for a push as well. I feel really, really good about this one. Yeah, Kyle said it best. I think um, this line seems weirdly small because it's I mean, maybe the books book, uh, the odds makers were, you know, a little deceived by that Giants win over the Eagles. That was perhaps the ugliest football win of the entire season. But more relevantly, the Giants managed to win that game because they did a good job stopping the run. But the Dolphins don't really rely on the run as much as the Eagles do. I don't think any team does, but the Dolphins love their short passes. They get the hands into the they get the ball into the hands of their playmakers then they make stuff happen. They also, so much momentum right now. It started with beating the Texans, then they had a huge win over the Ravens, and they've now won four straight games. I'm taking the momentum. I'm taking the points. And that concludes our best of seven best NFL picks for week 13. Thank you so much for listening. We hope things work out for you, and we really hope they work out for us. I'm Liam McEwen. This was Kyle Gosling.